And some might say at this point, you are properly spiraling out of control. You are caught in the vicious circle, and the only way to get out is to get lucky with a great shot or just finish the hole and limp to the end of the round. But if you've read or listened to anything I've said, you know that things in your past don't have to affect your present or future. You can interrupt this vicious circle at any point. You just have to choose to. But how is that done? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mental Golf Show. My name is Josh Nichols and on this episode we talk about how to stop the vicious circle. If you like this episode, you can find more by searching The Mental Golf Show on your favorite podcast player. And if you want to read articles, you can go to joshnicholsgolf.com. All right, let's get into it. I don't really remember how I came up with the thought to do this post. Uh, Just the fact that it seems like most players, myself included, get in this rut. And once once you run into an obstacle and react to that obstacle negatively, it causes the next shot to be bad. And then um, that bad shot causes another negative reaction and that negative reaction causes another bad shot. And it's, um, it's a cycle. It's a, it's a vicious circle. It's, uh, it's a negative feedback loop. Or I'm not sure if it's negative or positive, but it's a feedback loop where uh, the feedback you get causes the outcome and then the outcome causes the feedback and the feedback causes the outcome and therefore it's a loop and it's vicious because it's bad Um, and you know most of my advice that I give players and most of my um, articles that I write things that I talk about are born out of my own experience and what I hear players ask me about and what I see players experiencing themselves. And this one is no different. I I have, of course, experienced this in my own playing career more recently, a long time ago, and throughout. And, um, and since I've started mental coaching and helping other players, I of course see other players getting into the same thing. They, It seems like every player after I haven't seen them for a while, and it's been about a month, they, it seems inevitable. They, they come back to me saying something like, hey Josh, um, I'm, I'm really struggling with accepting bad shots again. And I, I just love to talk to you and, and figure out how I can accept bad shots and move on when I hit a bad one. And it that seems to always happen. Like, on multiple occasions, the same player will come back to me 
month after month and have the same issue. And that, to me, uh, falls under the category of a vicious circle because uh, they just go round and round and and it never they can never get out of that feedback loop. So I wrote a I wrote an article titled How to Stop the Vicious Circle. Uh I think this can help you uh by me filling in some some of the gaps with some of some commentary on it and not just purely words and also people like listening to things sometimes more than reading. So you can learn it passively. You know the feeling. You're playing a round of golf. You're playing well for several holes. But inevitably you encounter some kind of difficulty, whether you hit a bad shot or you drew a bad lie in the rough or you have a long par three with a tucked pin or you're coming down to the wire at the end of a tournament. This happens pretty much every round. It's very rare that a round of golf goes perfectly smoothly from start to finish without any hiccups. So we all know these obstacles are inevitable. Yet how we choose to react to them varies and is more often than not in a negative way. Why is this? So like, that's what I'm saying. Every every player runs into obstacles and every player reacts to those obstacles. These two things are constant. They, no matter what you say, they happen. And spoiler alert, unless you change the term obstacle to opportunity or uh, learning experience. That's the only way that every player doesn't run into obstacles. But that's kind of uh, semantics. Um, What's important is every player encounters something that they're not used to. And wants to overcome it and wants to learn how to get better and do better the next time they over encounter it. You've probably heard the phrase vicious circle or spiraling out of control or maybe the more scientific term feedback loop. Long story short, this is why we react negatively to the obstacles or learning experiences or... Uh, opportunities, or whatever terminology you use. This is why we react react negatively to those things during a round of golf. So it starts like this, the vicious circle. You have a conflict with your environment. Let's take, for example, having a double bogey on a hole. What most people do is take this conflict and internalize it. This can manifest in different ways. Some people feel mad. Some feel defeated. Some people feel hopeless. However it is, it is all an internalization of the conflict. What do I mean by internalization? That's kind of a big word. You take it from outside of yourself where it normally lives and bring that conflict inside of yourself. So... You encounter the obstacle, you have made a double bogey on a hole. And instead of leaving that obstacle, leaving that double bogey as just the pure fact that it is, the pure logical, unemotional fact 
that it is just a double bogey, it is just two over par on a hole, instead of leaving it out there, you internalize it. You make it personal. You give it emotion and feeling. And the body's natural response to an internal conflict is anxiety. There's no getting around this. Anxiety is an involuntary bodily response when your body recognizes something is wrong. The Mayo Clinic says about anxiety, it is intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Anxiety can be normal in stressful situations such as public speaking or taking a test. But anxiety is only an indicator of underlying disease when feelings become excessive, all-consuming, and interfere with daily living. I'll say that last sentence again. Anxiety is only an indicator of underlying disease when feelings become excessive, all-consuming, and interfere with daily living. So it's about that excessive, all-consuming feeling that uh, that is the underlying cause of the anxiety. So this anxiety is a normal response produced from an excess of emotions, but later we'll get to how it can be avoided altogether. And at this point in the article, I have a picture of what the vicious circle looks like. At the top, it starts with conflict with the environment, and from there it rides emotions to, to get to internalizing that conflict. And from there, it, uh, that internalization of the conflict leads to anxiety. And next in the vicious circle, the anxiety in turn causes an automatic defense mechanism. And you may have heard this referred to as fight or flight. So if you haven't heard of fight or flight, that response, um, it, it comes from our long history, uh, like generations uh, of this built-up defense mechanism that we have in our DNA that says when there is a threat, we respond in one of two ways. We either fight the threat or we fly from the threat we run from it those are the two uh, responses that we do when when there's a threat so uh, as you've maybe heard it said if a caveman encounters a saber-toothed tiger and uh, they you know, the ones that survived were the ones that were able to fight the saber-toothed tiger and win or get away from the saber-toothed tiger. So over time, that uh, the, the cavemen that lived were the ones that were able to do this successfully, and that was passed down into us. So we have this automatic response, and, and that has been uh, the case for... Uh, a long time so it's like it's something that we can't we can't train ourselves to not have it's totally ingrained in us so it's a completely automatic defense mechanism and this def defense mechanism is used to avoid the unpleasant experience and 
since we don't have real threats like that as much anymore, uh, especially on the golf course, it instead it manifests in you saying things like, I need to make a birdie to get that one back. And that's an example of a fight response. Or now I need to hit it really close or I might make another bogey. That's also a fight response. An example of a flight response is, I hate being in this position and I just want to go home. You just want to remove yourself. You want to run away from the threat. Or I really need to hit this next fairway or this round might get away from me. And that's also a fight response because you're telling yourself, I need to, I need to combat it. I need to conquer that double bogey I just had with, with a heroic turn of events. And because these defense mechanisms are not suitable to handle the current situation properly, they almost always result in further worsening of the situation, i.e. another bad shot. And for a case of example, you snap one into the left trees. And think about it this way. I know that's dramatic, like you just made a double bogey and you snap one into the trees, but I think this is a pretty uh, plausible scenario where you have a bad hole and and your mind is racing you're like this round is getting away from me i don't want to be here i want to i need to do this to get it up, to make it up for it so you it kind of clouds your judgment and you you don't go through your normal process on the next tee box and you hit an even worse one and and at this point uh you're you're now in a new conflict with your environment and you internalize being in the trees by getting mad feeling defeated or becoming hopeless about the left turn your round is taking this internalization naturally causes anxiety because you just told your body that something is wrong that's that's what happens with anxiety is you give that outside conflict emotions and feelings you tell your body something is wrong and your body naturally feels anxious. It's a normal response to excessive emotions and feelings. And that new anxiety triggers an, another automatic defense mechanism to stop the new unpleasant experience. And now you say things like, oh wow, I'm really screwing up. I've got to get this back on track, which is a fight, a fight response. Or you could uh, have a feeling of embarrassment. I've never played this bad before. Or like you're letting yourself or others down. I was really hoping to play better than this. So you're, you start going through all these emotions that are normal defense mechanisms, automatic defense mechanisms as a result of the anxiety that your body is undergoing. And again, because these thoughts are not appropriate to remedy the situation you're in, they almost guarantee another bad shot. You let the defense mechanism skew your judgment and you go for a narrow gap in the trees to attempt to right the ship. So again, just like after the double bogey on the next tee shot, your judgment is clouded and, and you don't go through your good, clear, free, thought process and pre-shot routine and you hit it into the trees and again you're you're really really skewed and and clouded by this anxiety and these defense mechanisms 
and you you decide I need to fight this, uh, I need to combat this threat. So you go for this gap in the trees. But because this shot is one in 20, you squarely catch a tree and it bounces further into the woods. I know this has happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you, where you're trying to make up for a bad run of shots or a bad run of holes, and and you try for the shot that you probably wouldn't try in a normal round. You'd probably just pitch out. But in this situation, you go for it, and it makes it worse. And some might say at this point, you are properly spiraling out of control. You are caught in the vicious circle, and the only way to get out is to get lucky with a great shot or just finish the hole and limp to the end of the round. But if you've read or listened to anything I've said, you know that things in your past don't have to affect your present or future. You can interrupt this vicious circle at any point. You just have to choose to. But how is that done? So you just ricocheted off of a tree. You flinched as soon as it happened because you thought you might get hit by the ball and you're kind of stunned. But this time, now that a new conflict with the environment has arisen, now that you've ricocheted off a tree and you're further in the woods, hence being a new conflict with the environment, the new bad situation you're in, you go against what you normally do and instead choose not to internalize it. You consciously choose to say, well, that just happened. This isn't like me. Now let's go hit the next one. Which you can tell that's totally different than any response you've had so far to the double bogey, to the snap hook off the tee, to the going for the gap in the trees. Now, now you're changing the script because you can choose to. You say, this isn't like me. Now let's go hit the next one. You remove any emotion from it. Think about it this way. Emotion is the car that conflict drives to go from outside yourself to inside your mind. I'll say it again. Emotion, feelings, giving conflict that uh, tangible um, internalization. Emotion is the car that conflict drives to go from outside yourself to inside your mind. But by removing that emotion, you're making it less about something you did and more about a simple moment that has happened and is now past. So you make it logical. You, you make it unemotional. The double bogey was just a double bogey. It was just two over par on a hole. The snap hook into the trees was just a shot that went into the trees. You, if you hit that shot on the range, you would rake another one over and hit another one. And it wouldn't even phase you. But on the course, you give it emotion. You give it importance. You, you give it feeling. And now that you've ricocheted off another tree, you instead, you, you, you take a second to yourself after being stunned, and you, you gather yourself, and you gather your thoughts. And you say, you know what? That was just another shot. If I was playing with my buddies, and I wasn't even in a tournament, and I, we were just having a good time, playing a quick nine in the evening, we would have all laughed at it. But now, since it's important, I'm, get, I'm giving it emotion. But I'm gonna decide, decide not to, because it's just a shot. It's not, it's, it doesn't have ultimate importance. It's just a logical uh, 
unemotional shot that happened. So now let's go hit the next one. So you make it less about something you did and more about a simple moment that has happened and is now past. So at this point in the article, I have the, the photo of the same vicious circle, but with the top being conflict with the environment, because we all encounter conflicts with the environment, that's inevitable. But this time I have emotions crossed out with a red X and, and the rest of the vicious circle is blurry because it doesn't even happen. Once you remove emotions from that conflict with the environment, the rest of the vicious circle can't even happen. It doesn't even have a chance to happen. So now that the internalization of the conflict has been cut off through that removal of emotions, the anxiety that normally ensues never has a chance to happen. You never told your body something is wrong, so there is nothing to be anxious about. And because there's nothing to be anxious about, your automatic defense mechanisms never click into gear. When your mind would normally be throwing phrases at you like, now you're done for, or it'll have to be a miracle for you to shoot whatever good score you want to shoot, you're now thinking thoughts like, nothing in the past can affect my present or future. I'm going to give every shot the same importance no matter what happened before it. And since you have introduced thoughts that are suitable for the situation, unlike the past thoughts, the past defense mechanisms which were unsuitable, now that you have suitable thoughts for the situation, the likelihood that you hit a good one is so much higher and therefore makes the likelihood of further conflict with the environment lower and lower. So the new, better circle looks like this. Still starts with conflict with the environment because that's inevitable, that always happens. But then that goes to keeping the conflict external through, through removing emotion. And from, and from keeping the conflict external, it goes to calmness. Because you never tell your body something is wrong. You never get anxious. The opposite of anxiety is calm. There's probably multiple ways to say the opposite of anxiety is blank, but one synonym, I'm sorry, one antonym for anxiety is calm and calmness. And from calmness comes positive thoughts. The next the next spot in the vicious circle, the the non-vicious, the good circle. We'll call it the good circle. So from positive thoughts, it goes to at a higher likely of a higher likelihood of a good shot. And that leads to a lower chance of conflict with the environment in the future. So if you're always, you can see how, how this is a, a good circle because the lower the chance of the environment, the, the lower the chance of the conflict with the environment means the, the easier it is to keep conflicts external and therefore it's easier to be calm, easier to think positive thoughts and then more higher likelihood of more good shots, and then lower and lower chances of conflict with the environment. And eventually, you'll see that it doesn't even feel like a circle at all, because over time, conflicts with the environment no longer feel like a battle, but more of an opportunity. You, you compound uh, better shots with better feelings, and, and more positive thoughts, and more calmness and more good shots. And then 
when you do encounter a conflict, it's it's an opportunity to to have more calmness and have more positive thoughts. And you your fight response is not as strong, it's not as emotional, and you fight you fight conflicts with positive thoughts instead of those bad defense mechanisms. So think about it this way. By default, the result of a shot is neutral. It's just a ball flying through the air and ending up somewhere. The only way the result gets meaning is through what you ascribe to it. So the best place to cut off the cycle, the vicious circle, is where emotions come into play. This is done by staying unemotional about the result. Like Dr. Joseph Parent says in his book, Zen Golf, great book. I highly, highly recommend it. I'm reading, listening through the audiobook a second time. Like he says in his book, Zen Golf, when you hit a shot that's not up to your standards, you say, hmm, that's interesting. That's not like me. And you move on without much thought. You give the good shots you hit much higher emotion so that, like he says, you you put a tag on the good thoughts because of all that emotion. You allow, you internalize the good ones. And remember, uh, internalization happens with emotions. Uh, conflict gets into your body or good things get into your body through emotions. It's the car that the, that the uh, event drives to get inside of you is emotions. So give the positive things emotions and stay unemotional about, unemotional about the negative things. So you move on without much thought when bad things happen. The importance of cutting off the vicious circle is obvious. It's the best way to make up for a bad situation and finish the round with freedom and enjoyment, and most likely with a better score. And you do that through just over time being aware of what you think when a bad situation happens. Just start with simple awareness. And eventually you'll, you'll transform that just simple awareness into replacing uh, the, the bad emotions with good ones. And uh, you'll, you'll replace, you'll have the simple awareness that a conflict is not a negative thing. It's just a neutral result. And uh, just, a, just being aware that there's no such thing as a conflict or there's no such thing as a bad shot. It's just a shot. And over time, you'll be able to replace that thought, that negative thought that uh, conflicts have meaning and, and instead say, okay, this is a learning opportunity. This is, uh, this is a learning experience. This is, this is an opportunity for me to have, uh, to make up for a, a bad shot. Like think of it like a, like a problem, like, okay, now I'm in this problem. Now let's figure out how to solve it. And uh, over time, this becomes a habit and it becomes your default way of looking at things. And golf becomes more fun. You play with more freedom because you're not always afraid and your body isn't always anxious and filled with bad emotions and these bad defense mechanisms never even come to the surface. And your whole round is just more enjoyable and 
And I think we can all agree that when we're free and when we're having more fun, we play better. And ultimately, that's what this is all about, is to have fun and play better. So thank you for listening to this episode of The Mental Golf Show. If you enjoyed it, uh, I would love it if you listened to more episodes. Just search for The Mental Golf Show on your favorite podcast player. Uh, If you'd like more, you can go to my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at joshlukenichols, or Instagram, at joshlukenichols, or Facebook, joshnicholsgolf. And uh, I would love it if you took the next step in being able to make this a habit in your own game. And uh, myself and Robert Limville of Precision Golf School, we created a mental game assessment. You might have even taken something like this in the past. Uh, It's pretty similar to like a Myers-Briggs test. Uh, It kind of has that feeling to it of um, you, you answer some questions on a scale from one to five and it spits out kind of like what your golf personality is and it it's just a starting point for me to to begin helping you just be aware of what your strengths and weaknesses are in your mental game and and start the process of uh, making your weaknesses better uh, improving from a bad uh, area of your mental game and also making your strengths even stronger and rising all of your mental game traits. So the mental game assessment has 18 different traits from like acceptance, love of the game, uh, self-confidence, self-belief, process uh, oriented, growth mindset, those kind of things. And there's 18 different ones and me and Robert think that these categories are some of the most important mental game categories for every golfer and if you're strong in all of these then you'll just be a good player and and you'll always be able to accept things and you'll be able to practice better and you'll be able to uh, perform at a higher level if you are stronger in these categories so I'd love it if you took the mental game assessment Uh, just head to my website joshnugglesgolf.com and uh, find the uh, find the post about the vicious circle and at the bottom it says mental game assessment Uh, i'd love it if you took it and uh yeah and i'll get you a report back uh on uh, the results of that mental game assessment so thanks for listening and i'll catch you guys in the next one see ya